Welcome to Talking Melons for 2020, a series of presentations that brings you a range of topics to assist in growing and marketing Australian melons. The presentations are available on the Melons Australia website as a video, a podcast, and as a slide deck. Visit www.melonsaustralia.org.au. Hi, my name is S.B. Singh. I'm a food safety scientist with the New South Wales Department of Prime Industries. Now I'm also the project leader of Melon Food Safety R&D project funded by Hot Innovation using melon growers R&D levy and the contributions from Australian government. I'm going to present a webinar on packhouse environmental control and management. This webinar is offered as an information service by the New South Wales Department of Prime Industries and Hot Innovation. To read the full disclaimer statement, Please refer to the presentation slides. In our Safe Melons program, we have provided melon packers and growers a number of food safety resources, and one of those resources is a puzzle on melon food safety. In this melon food safety puzzle, which is aimed to ensure the safe supply of melons to consumers, packhouse hygiene and sanitation is one component. In today's webinar, I'm going to talk about Packhouse environmental management control and strategies uh, to manage environmental pathogens. So the objective of Packhouse environmental management program is to verify sanitation effectiveness through detection and prevention of environmental pathogens harbored in a packing house. So an environmental pathogen uh, can survive and persist in the packing and grading equipment or holding environment and cause cross-contamination. So to, there are two major environmental pathogens that, that have been of concern to the industry. Uh, the first one is Listeria monocytogenes, and the second one is Salmonella species. So what are the sources and routes of contamination uh, uh, in a, in a pre-harvest environment? If you look at the slide, it shows that melon production is carried out in open fields which are surrounded by wildlife, livestock, or other livestock and poultry operations uh, around the property. So these pathogens uh, can come from these domestic as well as wildlife excreta. So there are several routes of uh, contamination of the melon fields, and uh, uh, the major sources are through irrigation water, uh, soil amendments in the form of organic fertilizers, and sometimes the weather events such as uh, dust storms, flooding, uh, causing runoff, can also introduce these environmental pathogens in your melon fields. It's very important to understand the potential vectors and routes of transfer of these pathogens uh, into the field and from the field into the packing house. So on this slide, you will note that uh, we have shown the major sources of uh, environmental pathogens such as the wildlife, uh, soil amendments, and, and, and agricultural water. They all can introduce uh, uh, these environmental pathogens into your melon pack fields. From the melon field, the, when the fruit is harvested, so the fruit is one of the major sources of uh, uh, environmental pathogens that can be potentially brought into the packing shed. There are other routes as well, such as machinery and equipment, harvest bins, 
and trailers, they can also bring uh, these environmental pathogens into the packing house. So it's very important to understand uh, various factors which can uh, predispose your uh, melon farm as well as the packing shed uh, to various environmental pathogens. So the Packhouse Environmental Management Program that we call PEMP is based on uh, five pillars. Uh, the first pillar is the Packhouse layout and design. And the second is post-harvest processing flow. And the third pillar is the equipment design. And the fourth one is cleaning and sanitization. And the fifth one is environmental monitoring. In today's webinar, I'm going to uh, go through all these uh, uh, pillars uh, uh, supporting the Packhouse Environmental Management Program. To start with Packhouse layout, layout and design, uh, on the slide you can see uh, the design and layout of an ideal Packhouse. In an ideal Packhouse, we expect that the Packhouse should be fully enclosed and there should be distinct uh, separation between various zones uh, of food uh, processing and the product as well as the workers traffic flow should be one way. In this slide you will note that uh, on the left hand side which is the fruit receiving and washing area uh, there should be a pre-cooling facility where fruit can be uh, pre-cooled before it is washed and sanitized and after washing and sanitization process there should be a physical boundary uh, to mark the movement of fruit into the grading and packing zone. And then after grading and packing, the fruit moves into uh, cool room and, and, and storage area. So it is recommended that uh, handling and storage area should have positive air pressure and the positive air pressure will help the pathogens uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the transfer through airflow away from the uh, area where the processed fruit is handled. In the melon industry, uh, uh, there are packing houses which are ideal in uh, layout as well as design, but there are some other packing houses which are semi-enclosed uh, packing houses. In the semi-enclosed packing houses, uh, uh, there is washing and sanitization step which is carried out in, in semi-enclosed area where it's partially exposed to the external environment and then the fruit enters into grading and packing zone. So we identify that uh, uh, some of the semi-enclosed pack houses they are at medium risk in terms of uh, uh, environmental pathogen risk in these facilities. However, there are also a number of packing houses which are quite old and they are open pack houses where there's no distinct zones and most areas are exposed to the external environment. These pack, these pack houses are considered at high risk in terms of uh, the exposure to the uh, entry as well as establishment of environmental pathogen in the facility. In each pack house to implement an effective pack house environmental management program, uh, we need to identify various zones in the pack house. Zone one is the fruit contact surfaces. For example, brushes, conveyor belts, packing tables, which often come in contact with the fruit. Zone two is near fruit contact surfaces. So for example, the, these surfaces are very close to the 
uh, fruit contact surfaces. For example, the underside of underside of conveyor belts, uh, hollow rollers, and the inside assembly of some of the uh, drying tunnels and and even uh, washing areas. Zone three refers to non fruit contact surfaces that the surfaces which do not come in contact with the fruit directly for example floors walls and and forklifts etc uh, are major non fruit contact surfaces zone 4 is the outside pack house area for example loading docks and and workers facilities and lunch rooms etc each melon packer should identify uh, these zones clearly uh, because it helps them to uh, segregate raw as well as uh, processed uh, fruit handling areas and to help manage them uh, workers as well as machineries uh, traffic flow in the facility. I'm going to talk a bit about the potential uh, sites in a uh, packing house where these environmental pathogens can uh, establish and form biofilms and then act as a continuous source of cross-contamination. So in zone one, fruit contact surfaces, uh, as I mentioned before, conveyor belts uh, are one of the major uh, uh, hotspots for cross-contamination where pathogens can uh, form biofilms and, and, and establish. And the other uh, surfaces include brushes, uh, hollow conveyor rollers, grading and sorting cups, packing tables, uh, curtains in drying tunnels. So the identification of fruit contact surfaces in your uh, packing shed is critical uh, in terms of developing and implementing a proper cleaning and sanitization schedule. Other areas uh, where these environmental pathogens can harbor uh, are near fruit contact surfaces. These surfaces, they are not in direct contact uh, with the fruit, but if the pathogen grows on these surfaces, they can potentially get transferred to the uh, fruit, fruit contact surfaces. Uh, these surfaces include conveyor belts, undersides, uh, hollow rollers. Uh, if there is a, a crack in these rollers or if the end caps are uh, wearing out so the pathogen can grow inside and then move towards the fruit contact surface. And electrical cords, metal cracks and bolts and threads. Uh, these are some of the other near fruit contact surfaces. In packing sheds, uh, there are several other non-fruit contact surfaces uh, which can uh, support the growth as well as survival of these environmental pathogens. Uh, these are floors, drains, and plastic curtain strips in the cool rooms, and entrance and exit roll doors, cool, cool room floors and walls, uh, fruit waste areas, and hand wash stations. So each packer should uh, identify these non-fruit contact surfaces which can get contaminated and potentially transfer pathogen to your fruit. The second pillar of post-harvest environmental management program is the post-harvest processing flow. So there are three major components in this. Uh, the first one is product flow and the second one is workers traffic and the third one is machinery traffic. Uh, the pack house uh, layout and design should be such that uh, it should be uh, one-way traffic uh, in, in the facility. So to mitigate the risk associated with the spread of pathogen from one area to another, 
it's, it's very important to separate raw and finished product areas. Uh, if possible, there should be physical demarcation. Um, otherwise, there are some other ways uh, to enclose those areas and, and mark them properly so that uh, there's no mixing of raw and finished product in your packing facility. The second recommendation is to have dedicated equipment, container and machinery uh, in different zones. For example, a forklift which is used for uh, unloading the harvested fruit in the receival area uh, should not go into the cool room. So a forklift uh, should be uh, dedicated for outdoor uh, and indoor use. Thirdly, there should be minimum crossing of the forklifts and employees uh, from the wet to dry areas in the facility. So these are some of the ways uh, to manage uh, the traffic of workers and machinery uh, in, in the processing facility, uh, uh, but it should be uh, undertaken very carefully uh, as the spread of pathogen uh, from dirtier area to clean areas uh, can lead to uh, major issues of contamination in the facility. The third component in Packhouse Environmental Management Program is the equipment design. The best equipment design is the one which is simple and easy to clean and dismantle. Uh, however, the existing infrastructure in uh, melon packing sheds, there are uh, several issues uh, with the equipment design uh, which are not uh, uh, friendly from food safety perspective. So if you are setting up a new facility uh, or even doing upgrades to your existing facility, uh, please do consider uh, that the equipment design should be such that uh, it should be uh, easy to dismantle, uh, clean and sanitize. So in, in the equipment, uh, there should not be any uh, uh, sharp, sharp edges uh, absorbent areas and cushioning. Some packing sheds, uh, they use a lot of uh, cushioning material in their packing line to minimize the physical damage to fruit at various points uh, in, in, the, in the facility. So these cushioning material can be quite uh, uh, congenial for the growth and, 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 and multiplication of environmental pathogens. So we recommend that uh, packers should uh, uh, consider their equipment design uh, as well as the material that is used in their conveyor belts uh, uh, and, 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 their, and their hollow rollers, uh, which are used as conveyor, uh, conve conveyor belts. So in, in the slide, you can see that uh, some of the packing tables with uh, uh, absorbent material uh, which can potentially harbor these pathogen and then you can also see some of those rubber mats uh, being used in a packing line uh, to prevent the physical damage to the fruit so these uh, uh, these kind of uh, fittings in the packing line uh, are uh, ideal environments for these pathogens uh, to grow and, 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 and multiply. And they are very hard to reach where pathogen can um, easily survive your cleaning and uh, sanitization schedule if you are following it. 
There are some more pictures in the next slide where you can see some of the uh, uh, mesh screens in the in the packing line and a picture down there uh, with the, uh, in a drying tunnel. You can see they are very hard to clean inside because they cannot be uh, disassembled regularly. On the right hand side is a conveyor belt which is uh, interlaced with some uh, metal pieces. So uh, these are the spots uh, which become a source of contamination uh, when the pathogens form biofilms and, and they sit underneath. The fourth pillar in the pack house management is uh, cleaning and sanitization. Uh, I would like to bring into attention of packers that cleaning and sanitizing are two distinct processes to achieve pathogen control in backhouse environments. While cleaning is the physical removal of soil, debris, and food particles, and even some, some microorganisms uh, using detergents under recommended condition. So a surface must be cleaned before it is sanitized. Sanitizing, on the other hand, is the chemical treatment to reduce the number of microorganisms uh, using a range of sanitizers uh, with appropriate concentrations and contact time. So packers should uh, carefully consider that uh, sanitation is though a, a generic word, but it has two underlying uh, processes which are cleaning and sanitization. So sanitization cannot be achieved on an unclean surface. In our melon food safety resources, we have developed a fact sheet on backhouse cleaning and sanitizing, which explains various steps in undertaking cleaning and sanitization in your pack houses. Uh, but all packers should have a cleaning and sanitization schedule, which should define frequency and, and, and measure to uh, validate the effectiveness of uh, cleaning and sanitization program uh, in the packing shed. So we recommend that uh, cleaning crew should be trained and the same person should be, uh, the team members should, should not be changed uh, frequently. Uh, we also understand that cleaning and sanitization uh, is labor intensive and requires um, uh, serious investment, but uh, in order to ensure that your pack house remains clean and, and free from these uh, pathogens, uh, cleaning and sanitization is the, is the fundamental um, process that you should undertake to, to minimize those risks. So in a cleaning and sanitization schedule, uh, we often get a lot of questions around uh, how frequently. As a thumb rule, uh, it should be a daily cleaning schedule for uh, fruit contact surfaces, uh, such as uh, harvest bins, dump tanks, wash tanks, uh, brushes, rollers, conveyors, fungicide tanks, and packing tables. And there are some non-fruit contact surfaces, uh, for example, uh, drains and floors in fruit tipping, washing, and packing areas, which should be cleaned and sanitized uh, at the end of uh, each shift. Other workers' facilities, such as hand washing station, 
and, and hygiene facilities, uh, including foot mats, they should be cleaned and sanitized on a daily basis. There are other non-fruit contact surfaces which can be cleaned and sanitized on less than daily basis. Depending on the size of the operation, uh, it could be either um, weekly or, or monthly uh, basis. So some of these non-fruit contact surfaces uh, uh, which can be cleaned and sanitized on less than daily basis uh, include cool room floors and walls, uh, floors and walls away from packing area, refrigeration units and drip pans, uh, and so on. The last pillar uh, in the Packhouse Environmental Management Program is uh, uh, environmental monitoring. So why we should monitor the environment in the Packhouse? Uh, the primary objective of environmental monitoring is to uh, prevent the transient pathogens from becoming entrenched, uh, uh, forming biofilms and spreading from uh, one part of the packing facility to the another part. And we would also like to uh, verify the effectiveness of uh, control measures which are in place uh, for cleaning and sanitization uh, of the equipment and facilities. And the third objective is to detect these pathogens before they spread and, and, and also to determine and undertaking um, uh, corrective actions. So in environmental monitoring program, uh, we should focus on seek and destroy approach. Uh, I call it seek and destroy bugs before the bug your business. So in seek and destroy approach, uh, we develop a environmental monitoring program uh, in which we are, uh, uh, we are uh, focusing on um, the microbiological testing of environmental pathogens. So we received several questions from the melon growers and packers around uh, uh, what should be the target pathogens in the microbiological testing, where and how to sample, uh, how frequently, and where they should get their microbiological testing done. As I mentioned before, uh, in the seek and destroy approach, you should be aiming to look for uh, two major target pathogens. One is Listeria monocytogenes, uh, and the other one is salmonella species. Uh, Sometimes it is recommended that uh, you go for uh, uh, microbiological testing of Listeria species. So because some of the Listeria species uh, are non-pathogenic to humans, so, so they act as a very good indicator uh, of, the, of the presence of Listeria monocytogenes in the facility as Listeria species testing is uh, quicker and, and more economical, uh, but it can provide a good indication of the, uh, of the, uh, the backhouse hygiene and sanitation program. So Listeria monocytogenes uh, is a major environmental pathogen that has uh, caused several issues recently uh, to uh, major uh, uh, horticulture industries. Uh, this pathogen can survive uh, under uh, wet and cold conditions. On the other hand, salmonella species, uh, they can also survive under uh, very harsh conditions, which could be uh, dry and warm. So we recommend that the growers and packers, they should target 
these two major environmental pathogens in their uh, environmental monitoring program. In order to answer how frequently should you uh, go for testing of the environmental samples, uh, I would say one size doesn't fit all. So it depends on the produce volume as well as the pack uh, house risk history. Uh, it's a general guidance that uh, large operations which are uh, processing approximately more than 20 tons per shift uh, should go for a weekly testing uh, of their environmental samples. And those who are test uh, processing in between 3 to 20 tons per shift should go for a fortnightly environmental testing schedule. And small pack houses which process up to uh, 3 tons per shift, they can follow a monthly schedule. However, the, the frequency of testing can be varied depending on the requirements in the facility. If there's positive detection or if there's a weather event such as dust storm or flooding, we recommend that you increase the frequency of uh, testing and the number of samples uh, that you test for the presence of uh, detection of these environmental pathogens. Another question in seek and destroy approach is how many samples? So it's also a very subjective question. And so the number of samples that should be collected uh, from a pack house, again, depends on the uh, the volume of the produce being processed and the scale of the processing facility. And, and the established melon beans, is they also have uh, data from the previous seasons and years. So it's always a good idea to uh, do the trend analysis and the history of uh, uh, the, the detection of these environmental pathogens. So we recommend that uh, at least five to seven swabs from each zone um, of the processing facility uh, should be collected as part of the environmental monitoring program. However, you, you can also increase the number of swabs depending upon uh, the length of your packing line and, uh, and the complexities uh, of your uh, packing and grading equipment. We also recommend that you go for at least five processed fruit samples as endpoint testing uh, uh, to verify that uh, fruit washing, sanitization, as well as your environmental monitoring programs are effective. The next question is uh, when to sample? So we recommend that environmental samples should be collected at three stages. Uh, the first stage is that the environmental samples should be collected after pack house sanitation, but prior to production. If you find environmental pathogen test is positive at this stage, uh, that means your cleaning and sanitization is not effective. Uh, potentially, a, an environmental pathogen is residing in your facility, uh, which is uh, not affected by your cleaning and sanitization program. The second time is to to collect the samples uh, when the processing has been going on, so which is generally performed after the equipment has been running with fruit for two to four hours, which is also helpful to, to even pick some of the transient uh, pathogens going through the facility. The third stage is uh, when you should be collecting samples is after cleaning the pack house, but before sanitization. Uh, 
this strategy is also helpful uh, to determine if if there are any transient uh, pathogens uh, in the facility and and also uh, uh, to get an idea um, on on your sanitization program's uh, effectiveness so how to collect and transport samples uh, we recommend that the packers should contact their uh, 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 microbiological testing laboratory for detailed instructions on how to collect samples. Um, however, uh, we recommend that the staff should be trained in understanding the aseptic principles uh, to follow the sampling schedule. Generally, we recommend that sponge swabs should be used for smaller area for larger areas. Uh, however, Q-tip swabs can be used for uh, hard to reach areas uh, where sponges cannot reach. So it's, it's important to um, label the samples properly. We recommend that you should avoid compositing for targeted harborage uh, identification. If you uh, swab a large surface area or too many equipment with the same swab, uh, if that swab is tested positive later on, you will not be able to identify the uh, exact location uh, of the uh, pathogen's um, establishment. So we recommend that uh, it, in the early stages of the environmental monitoring program, uh, you, your sample number and, and the sites of your sample collection should be uh, high compared to uh, as you progress with your a monitoring program, you can reduce them uh, slightly. After collection of these samples, they should be uh, transported to the laboratory with frozen gel ice packs so that these samples are maintained at zero to four degrees Celsius and the sample should be tested by an accredited lab um, in your state or territory. So what happens if you receive a positive detection of an environmental pathogen such as Listeria or Salmonella. So we have uh, uh, prepared a decision-making chart, which is um, also uh, present in the Mellon Food Safety Resources and Toolbox uh, to help the packers in their decision-making. So in case the positive detection is from fruit contact surfaces, such as conveyor belts, packing tables, or brushes, uh, we recommend that you stop processing your fruit and uh, uh, and uh, uh, undertake cleaning and sanitization of the equipment and, and area and and also uh, implement test and release strategy uh, which means the fruit uh, which were processed on that particular day um, they should be uh, destroyed and or, or recalled if they are already in the trade uh, so uh, until you receive uh, three consecutive uh, negative tests uh, from the facility, you should be interrupting your processing and, and going for deep clean in your uh, fruit contact surface areas. If you receive a positive detection from non-fruit contact surface, um, uh, uh, the, the food safety team should be vigilant, but there's no need to uh, stop the processing, uh, but you can clean and sanitize the equipment and area uh, where the detection was found and the swabbing and testing should be repeated uh, until you find negative results. What happens if you find a positive detection uh, on during the end product testing? So 
For example, if there's a positive detection of Listeria monocytogenes on a uh, processed fruit sample, um, packers should be able to differentiate between uh, transient pathogen uh, versus um, uh, resident pathogen uh, by consecutive sampling and testing schedule. So what is a transient pathogen? So transient pathogen is one which uh, randomly comes with the fruit uh, from the field, uh, but it doesn't get established in the facility and, 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 it, and it moves on. However, the resident pathogen uh, can cause serious issues because uh, such pathogens can form biofilms in your uh, uh, facilities. For example, uh, you can see in this diagram uh, on the right-hand side, the fruit contact surface contaminated with Listeria monocytogenes uh, can act as a source of uh, cross-contamination and can cause a large-scale uh, contamination of the fruit. So we recommend that the packers uh, take advice from experts in, in differentiating these transient versus uh, resident pathogens uh, in their facilities. New South Wales DPI and Hort Innovation, uh, we have developed melon food safety resources, uh, which are available on DPI's website. Alternatively, you can also uh, Google New South Wales DPI, Melon Food Safety Guide and Toolbox. Uh, these resources are developed for melon growers and packers uh, to understand and manage the risk. And there's a lot of information about packhouse environmental control and management strategies in these resources. Uh, one of the fact sheets that you will uh, note in these resources is on packhouse environmental monitoring program. Uh, where we have listed the steps and strategies uh, aimed to prevent and establishment um, the entry as well as establishment of the pathogen in, in a pack house. If you have any further questions or queries uh, regarding the development of cleaning and sanitization schedules in your facility or uh, uh, developing an environmental monitoring program, uh, you can feel free to contact me um, uh, as part of our food safety health service. Uh, so in this project, we have been offering melon growers and packers uh, technical advice to, uh, to help them uh, develop such plans and, and implement uh, environmental monitoring programs uh, so that uh, uh, they don't allow these uh, pesky pathogens to establish in their facilities uh, and, and, and and give them trouble. So I would like to acknowledge that uh, this webinar was part of a melon food safety R&D project, uh, which is in the second phase and is funded by Melon Growers R&D Levy uh, and matching funds from Australian government. And I'm also thankful to Australian Melon Association uh, for giving this opportunity to record webinar and share my uh, experience uh, with melon packers um, uh, through the channel. Uh, thank you very much.